Welcome, Bears fans. Uh, this is another episode of Bears Scat on a Shingle. And uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're here to cry the tears of a clown for the Bears so you don't have to. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, talk about what we got out there. Yeah, so um, I, I think at this point, leading up to this podcast, Neither Tom or me were particularly interested in talking about Bears-Giants. It was always fun watching the Bears or anybody just pound Mike Glennon. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than congratulations, Robert Quinn. Um, and I, I think anything Congrats, that we're Congrats, Robert s- Quinn. Yeah, that was awesome. And good for him. I, I hope that signifies good things going to next year. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt in this last game because that would be... Bears luck, um, but you know, I, I think as far as the game, I don't really have a whole lot more. Um, I think at this point, we've probably said everything that there is to say about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job status. We've right. probably said all there is to say more than once, and you know, hopefully, <laughs> we're going to get to next Monday and we're going to have some clarity, and it'll be an end to all the nonsense and all the anonymous leaks and all of the denials and all of the weirdness that seems to happen every time the Bears make a coaching change, Um, but uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit fun today and maybe take a bit of a stroll down memory lane and talk about Ryan Pace's tenure, and (laughs) Tom and I each said that we were going to independently come up with our own lists of our biggest Ryan Pace failures as general manager, so we didn't really do a whole lot of discussion, we kind of each took it our own way, and I think we went in a bit of different directions, Uh, but we both did come up with some lists about... What we think were Ryan Pace's biggest blunders as Bears general manager over the last seven years. Um, now, we both could have written a tome, uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a locked volume, <laughs> one of those one of those books you see on a shelf in a in a medieval library. Yeah, we were spoiled for choice for sure. I mean, in fairness, Ryan Pace, we know he's made some good moves as well, and we know that every general manager, no matter how successful, is going to have some bad draft picks and some bad free agent signings, but with Ryan Pace, the body of work, I think, (laughs) is tilted strongly to the negative side of the scale, Uh, so let's uh, let's get into it. Do you want to kick it off? Sure, sure. So, I guess I'll start by saying that um, I actually liked uh, the Ryan Pace signing when it originally happened. I did think he was a uh, young, up-and-coming executive. Uh, he certainly uh, had a, a, a very decent pedigree coming from a, a Saints team that had consistently been good. The one thing that did worry me was that the only quarterback that it seemed that he had a real hand in bringing to the team was Aaron Brooks, who was only semi-successful as a quarterback. Um, and that was that was really the extent of his work with that position. So what I did was I wanted to look a little bit at each position, and I you know I didn't go into all of them. I just did a couple of them to kind of get a feel of what he is seeing and, and bring that to the forefront. So the first one I called bungling the Bears quarterback position. Over and over. <laughs> so, so um, uh, before the before we started the cast today, we were talking about you know some of the different players, and uh, 
So here's here's my little list that I before put we together. go into this. By the way, while we're on the subject of quarterbacks, just do you remember what Ryan Pace's philosophy was? Well, at least what he said his philosophy was when the Bears hired him. He said his philosophy was to draft a quarterback every single year. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's, <laughs> so, that is that's right. That's with right. that in mind, let's <laughs> let's go into this list and, and see how did that work let, out. Let's, let's go through this. So, so uh, he. Um, one of the he started off with Jay Cutler, right? And we got rid of we Jay's time in Chicago was, uh, I believe, was on a short schedule. No matter who they brought in, um, simply because of how volatile his relationship was with uh, Bears fans, Bears media, Bears everything, the city of Chicago. Uh, so we kind of knew that. But one of the people that I thought was interesting was behind Cutler was Jimmy Clausen. So, I mean, just about as awful as it gets, right? Now, the reason I have him on the list is because he chose to keep him for another year. Uh, the next year, and it was just like, okay, um, what was he seeing there that he even thought that Clausen was a good backup? Because he, he wasn't, right? Um, then we, we moved into Brian Hoyer. Matt Barkley, uh, those two, um, along with kind of semi-Jay Cutler, was sort of there. Yeah, so you had Cutler for the two years, right? Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then um, we moved forward to the Mike Glennon era, right? <laughs> so so I, when Mike Glennon came up, I immediately went... Uh, I, I immediately went to because I wanted to find out lots about Glennon, and what I found out lots about was there wasn't a lot to know about him. He had barely played in the league since he had been in, and actually, when he had played, he had been terrible. Yep. So um, it was it, that was kind of confusing. But I thought, okay, he he does have a lot of size. Um, I think he had been part of Dungey's crew uh, when he was with the Bucks, and uh, so he. he Maybe it was one of those things where he had been a kind of he was kind of a a rough hewn gem that needed a little bit of shining, and maybe he could he he could be a player, right? So you know we look at Glennon and of course um, you know Mitchell Trubisky, right? Now I actually give a little bit of credence and pass to uh, Pace on Trubisky because. Uh, what some people out, don't, out there don't know is that Trubisky was at the top of most boards. No, Watson and um, Mahomes were not. Mahomes, uh, in many, any, in many uh, mock drafts, wasn't even in the top ten actually. Uh, and there was a lot of there was a lot of teams out there that could have taken Watson or Mahomes. Uh, so it wasn't just the Bears. Now, at the same time. I, I definitely was a big fan of Watson. I just looked at his numbers and I salivated because it was like the guy had so much experience. And one of the things that is known is that you don't take a guy who has only one year starting, right? That's that's a that's that's a staple in when you're when you're scouting quarterbacks. Um, but you know, I thought uh, you know he did play well in his one year, and maybe this could be a guy they could turn around. Uh, that's ignoring the fact, of course, that they traded up to get him. That was, you know, just pure idiocy. So, um, uh, and, and uh, along the lines, they brought in Chase Daniels, right? So, 
you're seeing this pattern of of mostly guys that have never been heard of and the ones that have been heard of have been mostly bad so it's it's pace uh, doing this formula of well the guy wasn't in the right situation he wasn't with the right team he didn't get the right opportunity and you know uh or he didn't get enough play that's mostly these guys that he has on his teams right but the one that to me stings worse than all of those is Foles. Now the automatic, the automatic pick I think to most is Glennon, just because he sucked so <laughs> bad, right? But the simple fact of the matter is, is that we didn't know, nor did anybody else, have an idea of what level of suckiness he was actually at. He was still kind of a semi-draft pick because we didn't have a lot of body of work to judge. Foles we knew all about. Foles has only been good, Bears fans, take heed. He has only been good for those six games that he won the Super Bowl in. And let's, let's rephrase there. That the Eagles won, not Nick Foles. That Eagles team was outstanding. That's why they won the Super Bowl, not because of Nick Foles. And the thing is, is that every ever since then, he had two opportunities before the Bears to be the guy. He was at the Rams and he was at the Jaguars. Both of those teams gave him big bucks and he was a total failure at both of them. So the part that is the stinger is that you have this specially built coaching crew that was comprised of a Nick Foles fan club, and they go and they not only take on the worst contract in the NFL, which was a total laughing stock when it was given to them, by the way, but they also gave up a fourth round pick. So they gave up a huge amount of resources for him and knew he was terrible based on his history and still went ahead and thought it was a good idea. So he, to me, is the fiasco of them all. And I'll put Foles, actually, in quarterback fiascos of all time. <laughs> the only one I put him over, is uh, put him under, is Rick Myrer. And that's about it. Otherwise, that guy is the total loss. Oh, and just uh, so you remember, um, Glennon really only affected us for one year. Um, because of the way they structured his deal, all his money came up front. Foles' numbers affect us three years. We're still eating his shit next year. So just in case you think that we're done with him, we're not. He sucks us right back in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if Foles isn't on the team next year, his salary cap is $14 million, right? So, yeah. You know, you don't know what the roster is going to look like. Hopefully somebody else is building it. That's oh, and so pace, and but. so one more thing. So the Red Rocket, right? Andy Dalton. Andy <laughs> Dalton is neither here nor there. I really don't think about him. Uh, I think it would. The only thing I think about him was I knew that he was going to be available last year because the Bengals last year were going to pay him seventeen million dollars. Everybody knew he was going to be available, and still. Instead of waiting to see what happened, we were the first ones out of the gate to go get Foles. Another blunder. So, I mean, to me, Foles is is the epitome of this whole thing that has happened over the last six seasons. 
Yeah, and I mean, a, a common theme with Ryan Pace that I think applies to Nick Foles, too, is Ryan Pace just seems like he doesn't have an ability to read what the rest of the NFL thinks of a player, <laughs> right? Like, was anybody else trading Jacksonville a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles? Absolutely not. Not with that contract, right? I mean, Nick Foles, say what you want about him, he's obviously not a very good you know, starting quarterback. He can debate whether or not he's a functional backup, but... His contract is terrible. Terrible. I mean, this year I think he was not as big of a cap hit as I thought, but I think it was still about seven or eight million dollars. Like, think about. I thought it was bigger than that. I thought so too, but maybe I don't know. I'd have to double check. But even if it is only seven or eight, think about what the Bears could have done with seven or eight more million dollars this year, right? Like, if you think about how it was huge. Andy Dalton, another example. Last year, I think he was getting $3 million from the Cowboys. Yep, and we gave him 10. 10, right? What did he do last year to earn a raise? To, to triple his yeah. salary. <laughs> he, he, he was awful. Was anybody else going to pay him $10 million? I highly doubt that too, right? So it's things like that that force you to make sacrifices at other parts of your roster. In that same vein, was anybody else going to trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky? No. I don't think so. Nobody else was going to trade up when we're in the three spot to the two spot. Well, if somebody else had traded up, you know, you would have been stuck with Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. I mean, boy, what a what a terrible state of affairs that would have been. Oh, my God. I think the thing with Glennon, right, and your point is well taken because I didn't even really put him on my list I agree, it was probably Pace's most incompetent signing. It was a huge waste of money for an absolutely terrible player, but the Bears were rebuilding that year anyway. Right. So really all it did was cost the McCaskies It just cost money. McCaskies money. And what which, if, what if for we that, said about... <laughs> I don't care. Right, like... The only thing you could say is that because Glennon was so bad, maybe it forced them to... Uh, play Mitch Trubisky earlier than they otherwise would have. And, you know, we could say whether or not that stunted his development, there's no way to know. There's I don't no think way to so. know that. There's no way to quantify that. And, and I don't think it did. I, I think Mitch Trubisky would have had trouble reading a defense no matter when he yep. played. So, yep. you know, I, I think... So, and, you know, because with Trubisky, to me, the knock on that kid has always been... For one thing, trouble slow slow going through progressions and his deep ball. But I mean, to say that he is a total slack ass quarterback, I think is completely incorrect. I think he does have some very good qualities, but he has to be in a really good system, and it does look pretty much like he's not a starter. Yeah, I, and I think that one of the things that I have on my list is. Ryan Pace has now made the same mistake twice when drafting a quarterback, which is that the quarterback's rookie year has been under a coach that was likely going to get fired. Right. Right? Like, we all remember the Mitchell Trubisky story. Pace drafted Trubisky and didn't even tell John Fox. <laughs> That's right. John Fox found out at the draft. So if, Along with Glennon. Yeah, along with everybody else. They're standing at Soldier Field around a bunch of Bears fans slack-jawed because they're <laughs> just... <laughs> so, like, if, that's just a terrible setup from the beginning, right? Like, you have a quarterback in what is probably the most important developmental year, his rookie year, being developed by a coach that 
knows in all likelihood after week four or five that they're not going to be there. Right. It, does that seem like a good situation? And then he repeated it this time around with Fields by keeping Nagy one more year. Now, the reason that he probably kept Nagy last year is because the Bears weren't going to let Ryan Pace hire a third coach. Right. So there was some self-preservation involved in that decision, too. Yeah. But and they wanted, to, they wanted to definitely present a like a buddy-buddy team, go-team yeah. approach. Yeah, exactly. Like this last gasp effort to save everybody's jobs, right? <laughs> but, you know, we don't know if that was detrimental to Trubisky. Hopefully it won't be detrimental for Fields, but... Just a bad setup. It's not what a, it's not how a good organization operates. Another thing that I had kind of forgotten about, do you remember the Bears and Ryan Pace uh, in 2016 had a chance to draft Dak Prescott? Yes. So I liked, actually, and this is not BS, fellas, I loved Dak Prescott years um, of, coming out of Mississippi. Yeah, four-year uh, starter. I, 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 when I saw him, I was like, wow, this guy would be a great pickup, like fourth, fifth round. And that's where he went, right? And remember what Ryan Pace's philosophy is Mississippi was. State. Yeah, Mississippi State. Yeah, and you know he—that's where he went. Is in the fifth round, right? Fourth round. Was he a fourth round? Yeah, because the Bears had three picks in the fourth round. That's oh god, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, so Prescott the went triple the triple four year. Yeah, tr- uh, Prescott went towards the end of the the fourth round. The Bears had three picks in the fourth round before Prescott went, and the Bears took. Uh, Dion Bush, Nick Kwiatkowski, and DeAndre Hall. Right? DeAndre so, like, Hall from Miami. A couple of nice players, but not really anything to get excited about. And then a guy that's out of the league, and now Dak Prescott's doing what he's doing for the Cowboys, right? So, yeah. And the, the, and I wasn't going to put that on the list because, you know, a lot of general managers pass, but, you know, Ryan Pace, my philosophy is I'm going to draft a quarterback every single year. Right. Well, that was a good opportunity in your second draft to take a flyer on a proven good player in the SEC, and you took DeAndre Hall from <laughs> where is he? Iowa State, I think. I don't know. No, but um, uh, Was Hall from Northern? He was from Northern who, Iowa. Who cares? But <laughs> <laughs> who gives a shit? It's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's but, right. And, well, and then... He did it again because uh, obviously Trubisky wasn't working out. Uh, Nick Foles, uh, Nick Foles stinks. Uh, so uh, what do they do? Um, they have the they have the chance to to draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, but instead they use the pick on a tight end. So I mean, you know, now the sure the the um, the call is still out on Jalen Hurts as to how good he is. But he tell you what, he's good enough that that, that team is winning. He's going to be and playing in the playoffs. And he's yeah. going to be playing in the playoffs. So, um, you know, again, uh, he could have had him as a second rounder. Yep. So, you know, the, the philosophy of drafting a quarterback every year, he's drafted two quarterbacks. One was a abject failure. Jerry's still out on fields. But I agree. I mean, that's that's going to be what... Ultimately, he's going to be remembered for here is the Trubisky pick, yeah. And we'll see how Fields turns Rightfully out. Rightfully so, yeah. Rightfully so, you know. And, and the and I remember when that happened, um, the entire Bears universe just was like, "Wait a second, we actually traded up for this? Why did we trade up for this? You know, I mean, that was the." That was the biggest part of the blunder. It was like, are are you really naive? Are, you know? 
Don't don't be so gullible, McFly. Was San Francisco going to take him? I don't think so. No, but they had no interest in taking him. <laughs> yeah. So so you bring up San Francisco, and that was another one. I did a whole write up on the benefits of us taking Jimmy Garoppolo, which uh, you know. Who knows how he would have played with us, but the simple fact of the matter was is that he had some really solid pluses, and we could have just gone and got him, and they got him for a second round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know that that makes that means Trubisky and Fields are probably not part of our history, and that's a lot of draft picks back our way. You know, and hey, he was good enough this year to hold off uh, hold off Trey Lance. So, you know, he's he's still got something. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm not a Jimmy G fan. He's certainly better than Mitch Trubisky. But, yeah. Uh and he's, you know, gone to a Super Bowl. He's going to be in the playoffs again this year, so. I mean, I mean, yeah, we're not sitting here talking about him like he's a, a top 5 guy, but in the situation we were in at the time, he would have been a welcome sight. Yeah. So, you, you would have rather had him than Matt Barkley, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So okay, so go to your go to your list. So we've already touched on a couple of the things that I had written down. One, I, I think one of Pace's biggest failures is just how he's bungled the Allen Robinson situation. I agreed. Think that is going to be one of the great mysteries of his tenure here. Because Robinson came in and for the first three years of his contract did everything right. He produced, he was a really great representative for the franchise, he was catching a lot of passes and making plays despite terrible quarterback play for the most part, and then starting last year, there were just rumblings that the Bears and him couldn't agree on a contract. And nobody could really understand why, because the Bears have waited forever to have a franchise wide receiver of that caliber that's actually a good representative for your organization, right? Like, they had Brandon Marshall, but we all remember how that played out off the field, right? So, Robinson seemed like a great fit. He's young enough that you felt like he could have been a building block for this team going forward if you just worked out a contract with him. And it just never seemed to happen. The Bears put the franchise tag on him. We know that players hate getting franchised tag because right. it's a, it's a one-year deal. The but fr- you know, that that only goes so far because it's like guys, we get it, but I mean, he got 18 million dollars. Yeah, I know, and we, we don't know if the problems this year were effort or if it was because he wasn't on the same page with Fields or if he's injured or all of the above. But regardless, it was $18 million this year for absolutely nothing, right? I mean, right. they could have gotten a decent receiver on the free agent market for $8 million and then used that $10 million elsewhere and plugged a couple other holes on this roster. Yep. And now Robinson's going to walk for nothing because there's not a chance that I see him coming back, right? Like, right. Why would he want to? Why would the Bears want him back? So it's kind of a sad ending to what was a really nice success story for Ryan Pace with the initial signing and... A guy that I could have seen being a, a great Chicago Bear for six, seven, eight years. And, you know, now we're going to see him playing with the Patriots or the Steelers or the Packers or whoever signs him. And I'd be willing to bet he has a bounce back year next year. We'll see how it goes. But I think that is going to always go down as a, a big missed opportunity and one that uh, 
Bears fans are going to regret. You know, uh, it's uh, that's a good one to pick. And the reason is is because people, um, uh, to me, Bears fans, when you, when you mention uh, greatest hits by Ryan Pace, and yeah, there's not a huge amount of them, but he does have some, let's be realistic, right? But, I mean, it seems like the go-to one, of, of course, is Khalil Mack, right? But we gave up a ton to get Khalil Mack. We gave up two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and paid him as the number four player in the NFL. So, um, you know, it to me, that brings some levity to it. I think that very good chance of uh, being number one is Allen Robinson. And the reason is, is because Allen Robinson was not a hot commodity. He was coming off a terrible injury. He had not performed well since he had come back from injury. The market was not big for him at all. Pace comes along and looks at him and says, you know what, this guy was pretty damn good before this happened to him with shit quarterbacks, right? You know, I think he could come in and, and be a big part of this organization. What's his new guy do? He signs him at a very reasonable deal. Doesn't have to give up any draft picks. I, I think he even tried to give Jacksonville some draft picks, and they were like, <laughs> "They were <laughs> okay." So no, that part didn't happen. That was but, part of that. They they, bond, they bundled it with the Foles. Uh, but the thing was, is that yeah, exactly. So, but uh, you know, they they did. Uh, to, to me, Pace really shined there, and the, and then what happens? Robinson goes and posts on Twitter about how happy he is to be coming and having this opportunity with the Bears, right? I mean, it was like, wow, this is really cool. And uh, it really shined well on pace, what he did. And then Robinson makes do, right? He he says, you know what, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be the guy for the Bears. What does he do? He comes in, and his first year... Yeah, he wasn't as much of the guy as we wanted him to be, but it was obvious that he was still trying to work his way back physically, right? But the next year, he started to really shine. Suddenly, national national uh, national sports radio is talking about Allen Robinson and the Chicago Bears, and he is becoming synonymous with being the number one guy there, right? Key player for the audience. Third season, he is dominant. Suddenly. He goes from being a good player to a great player to even being considered borderline elite receiver. And this is, again, still with bad quarterback play. Still with bad quarterback play, right? And I remember going and looking up his numbers, and he was right about 11. Number 11 in the NFL, right? Which is like, wow, that's pretty great, right? We haven't had a number 11 or anywhere close to a, a top 10 guy for a while. Yeah. So, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, this is this is the time. This is when you, and because he started to come into the conversations of, okay, this is when we should start to see Robinson. He's got two years left on his deal. We should start to see him in the conversation for an extension. Let's make this guy a bear for pretty much the rest of his career, right? Instead, what emerges is that neither side is pleased at the table. Um, he's wanting uh, twenty million or eighteen million. Um, uh, he's wanting eighteen million, and Pace is solid at sixteen and won't budge. Right, and it's like, 
just go ahead and give him the money. Yes, it's a little bit above where he should be in the market, where he's slotted. But go for it. The guy has put in all the effort. He's been nothing but a team player. He has not acted like the diva that some of the top wide receivers do. He has been there, and he has taken the really hard hits, too. He's been the guy over the middle. He's been the guy in the slot. He's been the guy on the deep fly. I mean, he really has made himself play all over the field. And, you know, he, he's got the admiration of the team, of the, of the fans, um, so he was, he was doing what you want the guy to do. And he's young too. And he was young. Like, I just looked right now. He's 28 right now. So when this negotiations were going on, he would have been 27. But it's like you said, then it just becomes a giant shit show. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, yeah, this I mean, year's, this year's been a complete nothing. Yeah. For 18 million bucks. Regardless of who's to blame. This year has been zero return on investment from Alan zero, Robinson. and it's like you said, all of it is just going to end in a bitter pill, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, he's going to leave the team. Uh, uh, Pace it now his 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 shiny coin is now a dirty quarter on this. You know, I mean, he he. he he destroyed his own idea, which is just like, how do you do that? How do you find, how do you come up with a great idea, have it come to fruition, and then kill it? Over two million bucks? Yeah. When you've got money lying around for guys like Jimmy Graham? like. Just... And, and the thing is, is that we needed him terribly this year. Yeah. They're so, going to need him again because they've got nothing at wide receiver going into next year. Yeah. It's talk, just, talk all you want about Darnell Mooney. He's fine. But that's all he is. He's fine. He's fine. He's a nice player. Yeah, he and, is. And then behind him, there's nothing. So you're going to have to go out and invest money in the free agent market anyway while letting a proven commodity at that position walk out the door. And I mean, wow, behind him, really, there is nothing. Nothing. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing how bad that position is, right? Uh, so, you know, um, it, it is, what, what are they going to do? Uh, what are they going to be able to do that's different than this year? I mean, obviously they're going to have to draft some guys, um, with no know, draft picks, with no draft picks. Um, yeah, they're going to have to try and go get some guys, uh, with what looks like a really good cap number. Uh-uh, fellas, that cap number is, is deceiving because we still got to deal with the defensive back situation too. That's not going anywhere. Now, now there, at least we have some young promising prospects, but none of those guys have proven themselves. I mean, we got excited when Thomas Graham was on the field. So, you know, that says something about what the secondary is at right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've touched on quarterback and wide receiver. I know you want to talk about tight ends and I have, a tight end written down as well. So. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, oh, for one thing, I did go look it up. Um, full salary this year was the hilarious $6,666,666. Uh, but um, his cap hit, boom, $14 million. Tough acting, chin acting. Oh, so it's so, 14 Okay. Yeah. I, I must have so, read wrong. I mean, so, you know, that's the thing is, is that... You know, I mean, we paid a lot for a guy that, how much did he play? So <laughs> Any he, total? He played, what, five games last year, and then him and Nagy got in a fight, <laughs> and now Nagy hates him and won't play him. I mean, so <laughs> it, it was it was a miserable amount, and he got paid a lot. Yeah. 
right? It was like a so, $40 million contract now. Like, in fairness, the Bears didn't Yeah, $40 give, million guaranteed, yeah, I think. The Bears didn't give him that contract, but the Bears traded for that contract. They traded? So. No, it, actually, um, it was even worse. The contract was even worse than that. When he was in Jacksonville, they owed him $66 million. But somehow, and I think that actually Ted Phillips might have shined here, um, somehow they were able to finagle it uh, between Pace and Nagy, and I think I think Phillips might have had his hand in there to bring that number down. That's not Phillips. I can't remember the name of the cap guy, but I don't think... Uh, well, I'm, um, I'm not giving Ted Phillips credit on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cliff, Cliff Stein. Uh, Cliff Stein. Yeah, right. that's the guy that manages the Cliff cap. Stein. You're right. Well, and I was in, people always blame him, and I'm like, he can only give advice. No, like, yeah, he, he that guy's awesome. Yeah, he can just. He's he, been, he was a shining star for the Bears yeah, for a long time. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like everybody has the friend that's like, this is why this is a bad idea, and then everyone else is like, it's fine, right? Like, Cliff Stein <laughs> is saying, Ryan, this is how this will impact the cap, and then Ryan Pace has decision making power. Okay, so, so. Uh, this is the part um, about the uh, about tight ends. So, uh, wishing tight ends who don't have a history as receiving tight ends would suddenly be great as receiving tight ends. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, does that sound familiar to anybody? I think it does. Um, you know, uh, one of the things also, he did get rid of Martellus Bennett, who was arguably the best tight end the Bears have had in the modern era. Uh, I mean, his numbers. I mean, the year before um, Pace was there, uh, 2014, 90 catches. That's what he had. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, and then, um, and I I did give him a small asterisk, small asterisk for Zach Zach Miller. Uh, Now, Zach Miller, um, mostly we didn't get him uh, the time he was with Chicago because he kept getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, and that was finally his undoing. But he was certainly well-liked by the players. He was well-liked by management. He was well-liked by the fans. And so he gets a small asterisk. But this is a list of <laughs> of some of the tight ends that he did have a direct hand in bringing in. Rob Hausler, Daniel Brown, Michael Pruitt, Logan Paulson. Then, after all of those guys, oh, yeah. we decided to go spend the big dollars. I forgot about Logan Paulson. He had one play oh. in the Super Bowl, so he's got to be a great tight end. Trey Burton. Oh, well, not to be outdone by him, Deion Sims. Oh, wait, not to be outdone by him, Demetrius Harris. Oh, wait, not to be outdone by them, Jimmy Clausen. So there you have it. Um, oh, by the way, um, that all of those guys, millions upon millions upon millions. So um, you know, this was this was. Um, fortunately, we didn't waste a huge amount of draft picks, other than, of course, Adam Shaheen. So, uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> 
<laughs> I had forgotten about Logan Paulson. He's like a great <laughs> trivia question. I, I think the one, the year he was on the team, I think it was like 2016. Yep. And I think he was like the only player to play in all 16 games that year. <laughs> it, it was something like that. But I, I just remember... I don't know that, but I'd I certainly like to find it out. I just remember winning a couple of free beers on that one. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, it's it's a terrible list, right? And a lot of the guys you mentioned are, you know, third or fourth string tight ends that were probably making the league minimum and whatever. You cycle through those guys and, you know, that's just how the NFL works. But, yeah, the the big investments at that position have almost all failed. I don't remember Zach Miller's contract. I'm actually kind of surprised it was Pace that brought in Zach Miller and not Emery. I think he was, no, I think he was brought in by Emery. Uh, okay. in, he was brought in by Emery in 14. Yeah, yeah. but, but well, I assume that that was a low-risk signing and maybe he got a second contract. I don't remember, but he was a nice player. But, yeah. you know, it, it all starts with the Shaheen pick, right? I mean, yeah. that was the 2016 draft? 2016 draft. Yeah, right. so you, you go out. From and you, Ashland College. Yeah, and... And state. of course, when they picked him in the second round, which by the way was a high second round pick mm-hmm. too, um, immediately every single guy sitting at the table, who? Well, oh yeah, it's this kid from Catmandu. And you remember remember who else was on the board? He he he, he played at a school of fourteen hundred people. You know? Yeah, that that was with. George Kittle. On the board, <laughs> oh, right. right. Like, George Kittle. George Kittle went later in the draft. Like, granted, he went in the a fifth round. A lot later in the yeah, draft. Right, in the fifth. How nice would he look, right? Yeah. And I went back at, when I was doing research Not that Iowa yeah. makes great tight ends or anything. That's nah, not known for the position at all. <laughs> I And I went back and I looked, and I think Kittle's first year in the league, I think he had about 600 yards and like 50 catches or something. Which is insane. For a rookie. And if, if you had that production from him... Instead of whatever Shaheen gave you his rookie year, maybe you don't waste a bunch of money on Trey Burton. Yeah. Trey Burton, by the way, still impacting the Bears' salary cap in 2021, even though he hasn't been on the team for three years now. That right? is so, just sick. So it all starts with bad drafting in the NFL. Anytime you have a bad team, it can almost always be traced back to bad drafting because then you have to chase. And typically, free agency is just a losing game, and we've seen that with your list, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and uh, one of the things I was bringing up to Jim on this was, you know, last year we could have had Austin Hooper or we could have had um, Hayden Hurst. Both of those guys were available, and we passed. Instead, we go and use a, a, a draft pick on Comet and give big money to Jimmy Graham. Yeah, so it, it's frustrating. And Trey Burton was obviously a terrible signing. I think he actually played all right in the 2018 regular season, but then he... He, he played okay. He he had that weird injury that nobody's ever explained that kept him out of the playoff game, and then he never really did anything more for the Bears. The Shaheen pick was just so weird. It was just, like, such a weird reach, and it just felt like Ryan Pace trying to say, you know, this is how smart I am. Yep. And... When you make mistakes doing that, it's a really, really tough pill to swallow because I'm sure that there were plenty of other better NFL players on the board, tight end or not tight end, that he could have taken with that pick that might still be on the Bears. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to reach down and find this guy from <laughs> little Division three school in North Carolina. And the guy busts out. I mean, Adam Shaheen, when he was on the Bears, just could not play. He's still in the NFL playing for the Dolphins, and I have no <laughs> idea how. But 
size. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, he couldn't catch. He couldn't run a route. He couldn't block. He couldn't play special teams. I don't watch <laughs> the Dolphins closely enough to know what he does for them down there, but he was bad at everything. It's he, like, what, he really was. what were you scouting here? Like, did you just see this really big guy and then think he was going to come and be a good NFL tight end? That's just yep. such a terrible way to evaluate a position. This, this buddy of mine and I came up with, um, he looked good with his shirt off. Maybe that's the answer. We believe that Ryan Pace sees some of these guys with their shirt off and goes, wow, I want that guy. Because it, it, st- it all stems from Brandon Harden. Oh. <laughs> who, who, they had a picture uh, that circulated right before the draft of him he with his shirt off. shirt off. <laughs> he was just huge, right? Did uh, was Kevin that- White? Huge, just cut like <laughs> cut like diamonds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> boy. Was uh, was was Shaheen the same draft as Trubisky? Um, yes. Ooh, yeah, that's he a, was. That's a rough go. Yeah, and, and, and you know he. Well, he said, you know, of course, uh, it came out that yeah, they call him Baby Gronk, you know, because he was so big, right? He's like six six seven two sixty five, I think. And uh, but the thing was is that. And he had caught a whole, he didn't really have hardly any receiving yards in college, but he had caught like 30 touchdowns in his, in his time in college. Yeah. And that, that's what they figured is that he would be just this unbelievable presence in the red zone. And well, he was, he was, it was unbelievable in how huge he was and how not present he was <laughs> at all times on the field. So yeah. it was like, it's like, where could that guy possibly be? He's ginormous and he's still not visible. It reminds me like a lot of times you'll see this more in like the NBA where you've got a guy that just looks like he should be out there dominating <laughs> and you just watch a game and you're like, did that guy play? <laughs> Like that's 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 like Adam Shaheen. It's like you see a guy running around out there in his number with just absolute... How are you in the how are you in the NBA yeah. for ten years? Yeah. I'm tall. Yeah, it's like you see Shaheen running around out there and it's like has no hope of impacting the game whatsoever <laughs> unless he drops a pass. Right. How, are, how are you still in the game? I'm seventeen feet tall. <laughs> I guess it's a marketable skill, but I, I have arms longer than any human. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to think that more goes into a second round draft pick, but I guess in this case it didn't. <laughs> no, and, it really didn't. And you know, like I said, when I think about like blunders, I'm thinking about things that like set the franchise back. So originally I was just like, yeah, it's just a bad second round pick. It happens, but you run through this big string of failed tight end signings that follow it, and then you go back to the well with Cole Komet, who. You know, I'm not ready to write off yet, but he certainly doesn't look like a game changer. I mean, that list is unbelievable. And, and, you, and you know, the exclamation point there is Jimmy Graham. Because Graham, again, this is the kind of thing that just drives me absolutely insane uh, with pace. is because this is very similar to the Foles deal. In that um, he played... Awful in Green Bay. Absolutely awful with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And then what do we do? Instead of going and, and grabbing one of these two young tight ends, they're both 25 years old. They're both coming off their rookie deals. They're investments for the future. Instead, we give the biggest 
contract to a tight end of any of any team in the NFL for for that season. Yeah, you know, I mean, their their contracts were bigger over the long run because they both signed four and five year deals. But Graham for his two year deal to sign for nine million dollars, yep, his first year number one in the NFL. Ryan so. Pace really likes to sign guys that the team that released them, like their fan base, is celebrating that player being <laughs> like. All my pack, all my Packer fan, all my Packer fan friends texted me when the Bears signed Jimmy Graham, Woo-hoo! and we're just like, we are so happy to get rid of that guy. <laughs> Man, I, thank you so much. I think the Seahawks signed a per, threw a parade when they got rid of Jermaine Effetti, <laughs> right? Like, and the list goes on. It's like Artie Burns. The Steelers were thrilled to get rid of him. Buster Screen. Oh my! God. Jets fans hated him. I, I, I don't know how many Jacksonville fans there are, but I'd have to imagine they were thrilled to get rid of Nick Foles, right? Like, oh, man. The, they the, were doing cartwheels. Yeah, the seven people that are drunk in the hot tub down there or whatever. Like, so it, it's like when, when – and in fairness, there are those guys – And they got a draft pick to boot. Yeah, like in, in fairness, like you can find some value in guys like that, but – One's in a blue moon, right? It's like, the Bears have like eight guys on the roster right now that fit that category. (laughs) Yeah, and see, that's, so so that is, and to me, that is a key component, right? It is a key component of the regime that he has run for the last six years. And I think it is, it's like you said, right now you could go to the roster and pull eight guys off of it, and they all fit that description. But that has been the way it has been Mm -hmm. since the get-go, right? Him, I remember um, one of the guys uh, that um, I have uh, uh, for to talk about in the future, but I'm going to go ahead and, and bring shade on him right now, is Quentin Demps. Do you even remember Quentin Demps? Oh, yeah. Most people don't even remember him because he didn't hardly even play. But we did sign him to a big deal. Now, the interesting thing about Demps was there was there was minor excitement buzz going on about Quentin Demps because he had had such an incredibly great career in the NFL at safety. But you know what? The part that everybody seemed to miss was that this guy had been hammered for 10 straight years in the NFL. He had been in the league leading of tacklers for 10 straight years. You know what that does to a body? And suddenly the Texans weren't that interested in signing him anymore. So, <laughs> what's the missing component No, No, you know, the guy, and I completely forgot about this guy until just now, that... Their entire fan base hated him, and then he came to the Bears. Remember Vladimir Dukas? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there's a there's a. Oh, I think he's actually on my list. <laughs> uh, I have one more on my list, and it's a guy that's already come up. But the Kevin White pick. Oh man, like Kevin White. You talk about like you look great with his shirt off. It's pretty rare that you get a first round pick that gives you absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like. Most times, even bad first-round picks will have a game or two in there where you're like, ah, I see why they're there. Like, never with Kevin White. <laughs> like, he missed his entire first season because he was hurt. The Bears lied about him being hurt, similar to Tevin Jenkins this year. Right. He, and then he played, I think, one game his second year, got hurt again, came back his third year. I played actually like five or six games, was out again. 
played, I think, one or two more years here. I can't think of a single on the field memory. I, I no, I, I don't, I don't have any. Um, and, and that's not just with the Bears. He's gone to four or five other teams since, and has been released within a game or two every time. Like the guy cannot play football, and for that being like, and everyone like has to remember that was Ryan Pace's first pick. Like yeah. that was the reward for having to suffer through Mark Trestman is. We get Kevin White at seven overall or nine overall. Uh-huh. Or whatever. I, th- I think it was seven, and and just a complete bust. Just yeah, and nothing. and so and so, what does uh, he have in common with uh, Trubisky? Again, one hit wonder on a mediocre team. Um, I, White had I I want to say a hundred and forty seven catches. Um, I, I don't know whether that's right, but he had a whole. He had a whole ton of catches one year, uh, and, and and I also remember that his um, I seem to remember that his uh, yards per catch was really low, um, which uh, is a bad thing for a receiver. So was he, was he the one that everyone was saying that that the reason was that he was playing with bad quarterbacks in college? Yes. Yes. Or no, I think that was Alshon Jeffrey, regardless. <laughs> well, both of them. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, Jeffrey, um, actually, I was really hoping we would draft Alshon Jeffrey before that, we That was did. a good pick. Because I, yeah, because I knew he would be a little bit later. That was Emery, though, right? Or was that, that might have been even Angelo. No, that was, that was Emery. Was it Emery? Okay. Yeah. And I, I actually really liked that, uh, that pick. He was one of the receivers that I had picked out before. Um, and he really did have, a, they did have a really bad quarterback situation down there yeah. when he went through it. So, but no, uh, White um, had that, just, he had this spectacular senior season, um, but his, the rest of his, he didn't have a career. I mean, he was no one. He had like 12 catches before that year or something like that. And so, uh, you know, um, Pace got stars in his eyes, uh, as he tends to do. Uh, one hit wonder, and that was the beginning of it. Now uh, we didn't have any idea how much of an effect that would be later on in this uh, in during his career, uh, during his regime. But um, you know, it's turned out that he likes that kind of guy, right? He 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 thinks. I, I, th- I think you um, pointed out well and deservingly. He is so clever. He's so much more clever than everybody else around him. If everybody knew how clever he was, they would re- realize what kind of respect he he deserves. Because remember, uh, he he was absolutely certain that someone was going to trade up and and snag Mitchell Trubisky before him. So he, uh, you're not you you're, you're not going to do that. I, I'm in the number three position, so I'm just going to go ahead and move up to number two because I'm clever. And that, <laughs> even though everybody knows that the the team in front of me is not going to draft a quarterback, uh, I, I'm going to be more clever. This so. this draft sucked. <laughs> like, oh, just looking at this: Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dante Fowler, Amari Cooper, Brandon Sheriff, Leonard Williams, Kevin White. Vic Beasley, Eric Flowers, Todd Gurley, Trey Waynes, Danny Shelton. Andres Pete, Devonte Parker, Melvin oh. Gordon. This is brutal. Oh yeah, it was a that was a a, a brutal draft. Ugh. But there was still, uh, still 
he's still like the worst pick of that entire horrible. I draft. mean, almost everybody else did at least something for the team that drafted them. You'd have to think like maybe like like had like one play that anybody can remember. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this is this is rough. Marcus Peters, uh, that was a good pick, but. <laughs> anyway, so maybe, maybe maybe I should take that one off my list. Maybe Ryan Pace, maybe Ryan Pace is getting unfairly blamed for that one. But so, Kevin White, it, just the, the only zero. the only reason I ding him on that one is to me a person at his level of responsibility should be able to recognize that it's a pretty big risk taking a guy who only had one season uh, of good football and actually. He only had one season, period, because the rest of his football career uh, at West Virginia was non-existent, and he—I'm pretty sure he transferred to Virginia from somebody somewhere. So, but um, remember who the Bears took in the third round of this draft? No, <laughs> Ronis Grassu. <laughs> Another terrible pick. <laughs> like everyone, you draft an offensive lineman, and everyone goes, "That guy's." Too small and he's weak. It's like, oh, that seemed like poor traits for an offensive lineman. He's too small and he's weak. <laughs> that seems like a problem. He has a cool name, though. Yeah, great name. Uh, boy. Uh, oh, he, he, he came from Oregon. He's got to be good. Yeah, we just drafted Kyle Long from there, so everyone else has to be good. No, so, so the, the point is, is that... Um, you know these are uh, these are just they're 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 parts of a pattern, and we should be able to see um, we should be able to see more from Pace. Now, how uh, this all plays out, um, I don't know. I I kind of think it's going to be more of a popularity contest than anything else. I I, I really think that Pace is going to be back uh, next season, and I think it's going to be directly because. Um, his working relationship with McCaskey and Phillips is likable. Uh, I think that they they like him, and uh, they don't want to change that. Do you think uh, he's back as general manager? I do. Um, I, I, I Biggs was the one that brought up the uh, the deal about you know why do you add in another guy? Or uh, actually, it was Kruitz. Kruitz is the one who brought that up. Um, why do you bring in another guy in the chain? Uh, that that's not gonna that's not gonna help anything. It's just another person. So well, I I think that if he's still around, regardless of if he's pr- promoted or if they find something else for him to do, if he's still in the organization, that's going to limit your candidate pool. Right. If you're a young promising executive, why would you ever take the job if the old guy is still there and being a part of the decision or exactly. if he's there and he's your boss, right? So exactly. If that's the plan, you might as well keep him. Makes no sense to me, but the Bears And know. and I I'm hoping along with many uh, the majority of Bears fans at least seems to me that um that he will he will be gone. I think that uh, the whole thing needs to collapse. Now, if if uh, Lavelle loves to give me crap about this, because if I had my druthers, they they would fire Phillips too. Uh, I don't care uh, what people say um, about you know how uninvolved he is with the team. Simple fact of the matter is he's the one that hires the GM, so therefore he is involved with the team because the GM is the one that runs the. That runs the team, and he, so he hired, uh, 
you know, he hired Pace. He hired Emery. Um, he hired Jerry Angelo. Uh, you know, so you know what happens from here uh, is anybody's guess. I don't think it's real clear. I think the only thing that is clear is uh, is that um, you know Nagy is gone. Yeah, I mean, and, with Phillips, if you want to keep him around so he can manage the Arlington Heights thing. I have no problem with that, but he shouldn't have any say whatsoever in who the next general manager is, right? Like, that is, if, if he is truly that uninvolved, then what business does he have hiring the general manager of the team that he's not involved in? Like, <laughs> right. the, the, the logic there is completely circular. So, if he's not hiring the GM, I don't know who is, because at some point, somebody has to hire whoever is going to be leading the football operation. Yeah. So I don't know if you bring in a group of consultants or if you use the old search firm that the Bears used to find Jerry Angelo. Like, yeah, the, the Accorsi thing I th- didn't think worked well. It, I mean, you know, look who it produced. No, I, like I said, I, I, I do think that um, when, we, when we got pace... Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, ridiculous at all. He was one of the top candidates out there for a GM position. So, I mean, make no mistake, just like Mitchell Trubisky, like him or hate him, he was one of the top candidates at quarterback, no matter which way you want to slice it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, it, but the thing is, is that Pace has failed to achieve the objectives that was set for him. And... He's failed in a big way. So how do you justify keeping him in the organization? How do you... I mean, wouldn't that be the case for anybody in their job? That they failed big time like that? It's like, oh, well, you failed. Um, We'll keep hanging with you. That's the thing. Like, this hasn't even been close, right? Like, seven years, zero playoff wins, one winning season, at least one completely failed quarterback draft pick in the first round, several other failed first round picks. Look at other successful organizations and look at how they've performed over the last seven years. Multiple playoff wins, multiple winning seasons, uh, plan in place for a sustainable future, right? Like you got guys that are at the end of their tenure that have been successful, like Pete Carroll, right? Like he's probably done in Seattle, but look at how the Seattle Seahawks have performed over the last 10, 15 right. years, right? Like, this doesn't compare with organizations. Like, the, the Bears are closer to the Lions and the Jaguars than they and are. the Browns. Yeah, than they are to the Packers or the Patriots or the Steelers. I mean, that's just the case. I mean... And, and, and you know what? Uh, right in that vein is you said, that, you said the team name that really, to me, is the only team name that matters. To me, the Bears every single year should be looking at one organization, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, number one, they're our biggest rival. Number two, they have dominated us for 25 years. Okay, it's long enough. Literally, like, literally every record that we owned, they have gone and taken. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, I mean, that's just setting attainable goals right like yeah. you, you're not going to win the super bowl without first getting out of the nfc north that's right you know you can or if you do you're gonna have to go through lambo in the playoffs that's just the way that the nfc has worked for the last 30 years is you know they, they they everybody loves to talk about um this miracle that happened that uh you know 
4 happened and then 12 happened, right? Well, the simple fact of the matter is, is okay, you can look at it that way and, and say, you know, uh, the football gods shined on them, okay? Certainly. But it doesn't, that doesn't affect your own team. Just because that happened to Green Bay doesn't mean that you don't work hard to improve yourself so that you're putting a competitive team against them. Because actually, as four started to age in his later years, we started to have a better record against him. And Lovey actually had a pretty decent record against him. Mm-hmm. Um, I still will never forget Lovey stepping up to the podium and saying, our first job beat the Green Bay Packers. Well, I'm like, the Packers aren't going to fall off the face of the earth, I don't think. Even no! If, you know, the Packers this year are awesome. Yeah. Like, if, if you took Rodgers off that team, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but it's not like they're a four-win team either. Like, Correct. I, I think they'd still make the playoffs with replacement-level quarterback, right? Yeah. So, it's not like he's going to go away and you're going to have free reign of the division. You're still going to have to get past them. If they would have lost, if they would have lost uh, Rodgers at the beginning of the season... Even if Jordan Love doesn't work out, there there were still other guys out there that are good enough, veteran guys that are good enough that they could have brought them in, and they could have brought them in, uh, you know, brought in several guys uh, on a tryout and said, you know, this guy fits our our system the best, and we can get him for almost nothing. Let's bring him in. Yeah. Shit, uh, Dalton wouldn't have, would have been a probably pretty decent over there if you think about it, you know, um, or. Uh, uh, you know, maybe they go to the Bears and say, hey, you know, you're not doing anything with Nick Foles. Now they're not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the uh, the weapons they would have had, the, the, those quarterbacks would have had around them are completely different than the situation that they had in Chicago this year. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they would have been throwing to Devontae Adams, right? Um, that guy's a badass no matter what. Aaron Jones. AJ Aaron Jones, Jones is a badass no matter what. They've got a great what. offensive line. Much better offensive line. They've got a great defense. Us. You know, so, uh, you know, it, it's a. It, while, yes, um, they do have arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, um, and they're not going to have him forever, uh, at, they still. The Bears still should be looking at it every time as what do we need to do to beat that guy? And especially what do going, we need to beat that? I mean, that group of uh, that group, we got to beat that team. Especially going into next year, right? I mean, the Vikings look like they're headed for a rebuild. Detroit is going to be Detroit. So, you know, though the Vikings aren't as far away as we are. No. They they have one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. Oh, but. And, that that gives them immediate heads up, right? Um, not to mention Thielen is still playing when he's out there. He's still a big threat too. And I don't think he's that old. I, I'm guessing he's about 28, 29, right? No, I mean if, if you look at the, where the Bears are right now, I mean they're at they're in or around the bottom five rosters in the league. Like they're they're so far away. This is not a player or two fixing this and the bears are headed to a super bowl next year like this right. is a couple good drafts a couple of smart free agent signings and hopefully you get some injury luck and you get some guys that are still productive as they head into later years of their contract when you're talking about guys like quinn mac jackson like it's gonna be it's gonna take some smart maneuvering to get out of this because it's such a mess yeah on that note 
one one more week before the real fun starts. Let's let's all watch one more Bears game together uh, of the Matt Nagy tenure. Hopefully, it's the end of the Ryan Pace tenure too. It's always fun to beat the Vikings. So you know, let's send Mike Zimmer packing. Uh, in I think they have a real shot of winning the Bears. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the Vikings. They're are, not. They're not done. Good. Yeah. No. I mean, and they're and they're um uh they're. Their attitude is the the team's attitude is just like it's it's almost like they're shouting to the to the rafters uh, fire Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I mean he's he's done after Sunday. I mean all you had to do was watch that game up in Lambeau uh, on Sunday night, and there was not much resistance <laughs> given to Green Bay. Green Bay basically won that game from the opening kick. So. You know, they're getting, I think Cousins is going to play. Um, so, I mean, the Vikings are better, but like you said, it's the last week of the season. Who knows what the mindset of both teams are going to be. They're both eliminated from the playoffs. So. You know, um, one of the weird anomalies with uh, with Nagy is somehow he has kept a portion, at least a portion of the team, fired up and ready to go out and play with some serious attitude and spirit. Um, but then at the same time, you watch him go and uh, not play any of the young players. It was terrible against the Giants. Uh, a friend sent me over... Um, he, a friend sent me over a list of all those young players... Uh, our, our buddy Chris that has done a guest spot on here. And I was just shocked to see this. Khalil Herbert, nine snaps. Tevin Jenkins, seven snaps. Thomas Graham, four snaps. Kyrus Tonga, one snap. Daz Newsom, zero snaps. Why? Uh, that's, you know, I just, and this has, you know, happened multiple times this year, right? Uh, you know, th- these young players not getting out there. I mean, it the, happened the week before, right, with Thomas Graham. Thomas Graham comes out, has a very solid game. He's kind of the, he's kind of the toast of the town for a week, right? Um, and no, he's not a great, I'm not expecting him to be a great player, but he does certainly seem like he could be a, a solid player, right? Um, and crap, we need anybody that we can get in the secondary right now. That's, that's so how do they say. reward him? They they sit him down behind uh, Vildor and um, uh, Artie Burns. Artie Burns, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's it's like who gives a shit about Artie Burns? That's the you know? argument for firing your coach once you know you're going to fire him, right? Is because you could have installed Chris Tabor, Mike Patton, or anybody else, and said. Our organizational directive is that you're going to play the young guys, right? Like, we don't need the veterans out there. If the guys are hurt, that's one thing, but we want these last five games to be about development. Yeah. Bears didn't do that, and Matt Nagy's incentivized to win as many games as he can, so he's probably more comfortable with the veterans, so that's why they're playing, even though it is detrimental to the future of the organization. Right. I mean, um, you've got... uh, You've got... uh, Grissom out there and uh, uh, on at, you know at receiver um, and Demir Bird. It's like 
why isn't Daz Newsome out there? I mean, he, he does have a lot of promise, actually, coming out in North Carolina. One of his skills, too, is he's supposed to be a good punt returner, too. But instead, he played almost zero this entire year. Why? Who did he have playing in front of him, you know? Anybody with any upside should be out there this week. I mean, they should be playing a full game, get them some reps, let them get some film on tape, let them get some coaching starting next year with the new staff. It is a completely meaningless game for both teams. I'd rather see the young guys. I don't need to see Mark. I mean, between, between those two free agents... there's basically one good play. No, two good plays. Uh, Grissom had the one one long catch for 50 yards, and Bird had the two-point conversion catch. I mean, literally, that's all they're going to be remembered for in their Bears career. I already forgot both of those plays. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, anyway... um, uh, I'm actually going to go to the game, uh, and you're going to check it out with your family. Uh, you know, I I do hope to just see, uh, you know, let the guys, the young guys, just go out there and play the best ball they can. That's all. You know, and, that's all I want to see. And hopefully we get one more Matt Nagy completely frazzled fourth down attempt <laughs> that has absolutely no chance of working. Does, uh, does, he, hey, does he have one of those every single game? Most games, it yeah, feels most like. Yeah, most uh, games, most games. So, anyway, uh, thanks uh, very much for joining us. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. We'll talk to you next week once the exciting part starts. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks for listening.